do a lot of casual stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not an easy week for us. Uh, the Marsh King's Daughter we were supposed to watch. Um, only came film. out in the US. That only came out in the US, which... That was disappointing. Um, it's a bit of a surprise, really. I mean, are you... I mean, you, you're harming your audience there, really. I mean, it's still not out. And we're, we're almost a week later now. But um, but anyway, here we are on a Wednesday instead of a Monday that we usually record. And we watched Blue-Eyed Sam- Samurai. So a bit of adult animation. Our first adult in animation that we've done, I believe. Yeah, unless you, um, unless you sort of stretch and count uh, Mario, Mario Bros. <laughs> that was, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, definitely not adult animation, but it definitely played to four adults past that film. Played to the yeah. audience as well, but it's um, not the same genre, isn't it? So, I mean, so a headline I read was uh, was adult animation meets Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. I think it's probably a bit reductionist to, to chuck this in with another highly renowned TV show that's, that's played before. Um, but this was brilliant. Mm. I know I, I get the Game of Thrones comparison because I did kind of think like while watching it like this reminds me a bit of Game of Thrones but I don't know why because it's not on the same scale at all no no like it's not like this this big sprawling like multi-character multi-area you know like high fantasy at all. yeah it's not that at all there's so a lot of in-depth um, character development though which is really good yeah um, and but lots I, of things have that and aren't yeah. compared to Game of Thrones I, I find the Game of Thrones comparison kind of weird yeah, like, I yeah. don't really agree with it even though I thought it myself at one point so I, I was looking at the casting for this a um, couple of surprises in here actually have you seen some of the I cast references no, 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 so, no, I'll, no. so I'll go through the um, I'll get the six I've got here so Mizu mm-hmm. was uh, Maya Erskine okay um, Akemi was Brenda Song and and, and Brenda's song has been around the Disney scene. Right. Um, Tigan was Darren Barnett, who's in Never Have I Ever, which is one of those bigger Netflix okay. ro- romantic shows. Um, Abijah Fowler, got any guesses? Northern Irishman. We watched some. We we've very recently seen this actor be the main star in something we've reviewed. Very recently. Very recently. Uh, well, it wasn't a male character in time, was it? No. You can tell me Stephen Graham. <laughs> no, no. Kenneth Branagh is a bias. No, it's one. not. Yeah, that's Kenneth Branagh. Wow, that's mad. Um, so, so I mean, just pro so well. Mad. <laughs> yeah, Kenneth Branagh just doing a Northern Irish accent. Is he Northern Irish? He's Northern Irish, yeah, of course he is. What am I on about? But uh, he doesn't. I've never seen him in a role with a Northern Irish. Accent, yeah. like he's obviously put like he's he doesn't Hamlet. sound like that. He's done Hamlet before, you know, in the past, and so yeah, so and, and he's you know, he's, he's the new Poirot basically, so a bit of a shock, but of course, he's Northern Irish, and it's it's quite a yeah, wow, some... that's mad. Kenneth Branagh, is yeah, it? that okay. Well, this is that's kind of brought that's... this show to like another level of prestige, there, yeah, like, with having actor definitely. that big, yeah. Well, hold your horses, all right, Seki, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, the person that raised Akemi George Takai I don't know who that is okay George Takai is <laughs> Star Trek legend really yeah uh, also came third in I'm a Celeb in the 8th series 
behind Joe Swash. <laughs> okay. So very popular character. Story, Coming third and I'm a celebs. No, yeah. no. Uh, it's a hard task to come third. <laughs> it's bigger than Star Trek in some people's eyes, isn't it? What? <laughs> I mean, this is classic Star Trek. Uh, George Skye's from there, so a legend in the sci-fi world. And then um, Ringo uh, is Masioka, and he, he's. I mean, he's credited. He's big credit as Heroes. Did you ever watch Heroes? Yeah, I know what it is. I never really watched it. Um, and so, my initial thoughts of the story. So it's it's quite a classic samurai tale. Yeah. Um, you know, the story of revenge is always kind of embedded in, in in shows like this. But it was just there was something about it that was really like stark and hard hitting you know with kind of the almost the the xenophobic tone that yeah. this this you know the protagonist was um kind of bludgeoned with all, th- all throughout the, the the TV show and I feel like that's something that maybe you can get away with an animation but you probably wouldn't be able to quite get away with in a TV show that had kind of you know real life actors I feel like what are you it's, getting at here? What's then a phobia you talking about? Well, so, do you mean the the, the, the the phobia of the West? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the fact that, that you know this character is just is just not accepted because they're a dog or oh, you know they're they're, oh, they're, right. half, they're white yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and 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 I feel like I wonder. Do you think you get away with that in a in a show that's acted with mm, with real life actors yeah, these I, days? I'm not I'm not sure. I feel like animation can go a step further. Maybe I mean it's like more of a representation, isn't it? Like, because um, obviously the the design of the characters is what builds their character, doesn't it? Like the way they appear on screen, um, the size, the way they move, all of that. Like it's completely yeah. in the in the hands of the animator. Um, whereas obviously, like that's in the hands of the actor. If it's a uh, live action live show, um, but I feel like a. A real life version, you know, a non-animated version of this would have gotten away with it, yeah, because it's a depiction of sort of historical truth. Yeah, like Japan was like that, and to an extent, like rightly so. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a historiography there, like, and, and an argument obviously to to be had, but like, Japan did close its borders mm. to to the, to a Western influence for mm. a period of time, and it was like trying to hold back, like. I guess the tide, you know, like it's, it was inevitably going to happen that Japan was going to sort of have to deal and trade with the rest of the world, but obviously that brought a Western influence and technology yeah. that like crippled the country and it lost a lot of autonomy and yeah, I mean, it, I think it caused quite a lot of chaos. I don't know how much about this history, but obviously that's the period. This is the seventeenth century. That's the period that this is depicting. Mm. So the attitudes reflect that. Mm. And. Um in terms of so we had eight episodes and they're, and they're actually I mean, it was quite quite long but I, I, I'm not you know I'm not too familiar with the adult animation stuff so I don't know if between 45 minutes to an hour episodes is, is kind of the norm you know I'm used to listen, watching your Simpsons and your Family Guys <laughs> and, and your South Parks they're all like 20 minute episodes kind of thing mm. um, but I, I definitely never felt like the episodes were too long or anything I mean this this just flew by to make for you me. You said to me that you did seven episodes in a day. It's not like me to do seven episodes of something in a day. Um, basically, you, you, I just got into you know a flow. Of, I did three, 
maybe had a break and then did another three and it was just it was just really really easy he did that twice <laughs> yeah um and i just feel like there's the just story flowed so well yeah, i just wanted it, to watch it? the next episode yeah and and i don't that's not me usually mm. i really struggle to kind of get through shows um but this was quite a breeze it was I mean, it was. I guess it wasn't supposed to be a pleasant watch because it was quite violent, um, and you know, quite upsetting in terms of the, you know the story that they were portraying. But it was just so entertaining. Is, is yeah. that kind of what you found? No, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I didn't do it in like almost one sitting, um, but it's the kind of show that you. Can, yeah, I mean, it's bingeable for sure. I loved this. I'm not an adult cartoon. I'm not a cartoon person, really. Like I don't, I've never liked Family Guy, or I've never liked, like I hate Rick and Morty, and it will probably clash on that, but I hate, <laughs> I hate Rick and Morty, and stuff like that, I just don't find it entertaining, man, like when the story is such like a sort of backseat to, the, I don't know, I, and I like acting, Yeah. I like acting, like, but um, this is kind of a unique find in that sense, uh, I don't know much about the, the genre either, um, I don't know anything about anime, really, uh, I, I I think I probably should give anime more of a chance, like at some point. But for now, what um, I what I notice is anime, it's it's very rare. There's a production like an anime production that isn't really well received by its audience. Yeah. Um, like you get kind of a diehard fandom, isn't it? Yeah. What, what, not and and maybe that's maybe that's how it influences all the ratings you see and stuff like that. But you always see. You know, anime productions are generally like really, really well received and high rated. Mm. Um, like, you know, I know we stopped doing the rating scales, but this is like nine point one on IMDb. Yeah, I had actually heard that. You know, this is really high rated. And we've got like, you know, we've got commentary, but we do have commentary around best anime um, production of the year or best. See, I can you know even I mean? like confidently say that this is anime. Or, or so, so best adult anime. animation yeah. uh, um, of the year, and I think an- anime is maybe moving into adult animation, mm. and, and maybe it, you know it's always been a form of that, but there seems to be. I mean, when I was looking for Blue Eye Samurai, there were like three different similar, um, yeah. shows on like Pluto, Pluto, minute, and, and there was another one just all at once, mm. um, and they're all recommend. It's all recommended that you watch all of them at once. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it was really watchable and I've never committed to a show like this myself either, but I think I would, would in the future. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to know where the line between adult animation, that sounds kind of sketchy, doesn't it? But adult animation and anime actually is. Like, what actually defines anime as a genre? I just don't know. But to me, like, this didn't feel like trying to drag myself through an anime. This mm. felt like... I, this felt like reading... A YA novel when I was like fourteen and just getting completely lost in the story. Yeah, that's what it felt like. It it, it like spoke to a kind of inner child. So what me. are the YA what are the YA novels? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you put me on the spot there. There was actually a series um, that I read like one or two of when I was younger uh, called Young Samurai. That's about like a Western, like a kid who gets shipwrecked on on Japan and his only like his savior is uh, a a influential samurai and of course he has to learn the arts of of war and peace you know and become this like well become a samurai essentially um and it's kind of you know like it's it's i mean that was quite weak 
I remember, but um, the the theme was there still. Mm. The sort of like he was a demon because he had blonde hair and blue eyes and was completely like unimaginable to like to the inhabitants of Japan at the time. Um, and I guess that theme kind of was was echoed in this. Well, I mean, sort of the backbone of this, wasn't it? That Mizu is half European mm. and um, like becomes this sort of demon figure. Yeah, as she hunts down the four. Yeah, this this inhuman kind of like unstoppable force that's hunting down the four white men in Japan. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's other YA novels I could talk about that kind of reminded me of, but like, I think it had a very, very traditional story structure, and I think that's what did that. I think that's what gave me that feeling, or why it's so watchable because it's such a traditional story, isn't it? Like, sort not rags to riches, but like coming from no coming from nothing (laughs) to gaining all this sort of power and influence in in the way that she's like feared Mm. um and going on a revenge mission yeah and that's quite i think traditional um it's not dissimilar from the story of um is it masamoto moisashi the guy that wrote the book of five rings the traditional super like traditional samurai yeah tales uh i believe it's based on truth kind of like a japanese i mean like I'm thinking of Ghost of Tsushima here. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. fair. But like this, I think uh, Moisashi is actually embedded in Japanese yeah. folklore uh, and, and is based on historical truth. And he was a sort of influential, famous swordsman mm. who kind of developed this almost like meditation approach to to sword play. Yeah. Um, and he was undefeated, and, and he came from nothing as well. Sort of like taught himself with a stick. You know, not not unlike how Mizu teaches herself um, at the sword makers I think I think it's taken a lot of influence from uh, from Japanese folklore yeah. and history as well yeah. um, I don't know how historically accurate it is obviously well kind of, like, I've got a little bit of information that. about that go on um, so the story draws inf- inspiration um, on the similar experiences of uh, William Adam who was an Englishman who basically had a similar life to Abijah Fowler in the 17th century in Japan. Oh, really? So, William, Ad- William Adams became a special advisor on Western culture to the Shogun and was banned from leaving Japan. His family back in Kent were told he was dead, allowing him to be reborn as Miura Anjin, the Western Samurai. Ah, okay. So, so this, so this story is obviously taking inspiration from the fact that you, there, there were, um, and it was, it was, it was again, it was a shipwreck um, of a, you know, a few white men that were tradesmen um, from the like, Dutch India Trading Company, or, or an offset of that Dutch Indian Trading Company. So, it's funny you say that because that's just reminded me that that is the verbatim plot of um, James Clavell's Shogun. It's a big novel he wrote. Ah. And it's exactly that. Um, I believe he's changed the protagonist's name. It's not William. It is John Blackthorne. Uh, but he becomes known as Anjin San. Uh, okay. The same, and he—it's the same. It's exactly that. He—I mean—he's obviously lifted that. And what was his name? William. William Adam. Um, and this is like sixteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixteen hundred. So Clavel's obviously lifted that directly from that folklore. Like it, that's what the novel is. You know, he's a Dutch tradesman aboard a ship that's shipwrecked in Japan and I'm sure that that's where whoever wrote that Young Samurai series took that from and I'm sure that the writers of Blue-Eyed Samurai have taken from all of this yeah like this, it's a 
just an addition to sort of like yeah. Japanese folklore tales, I guess, but in a new medium, and it's done really well. Some of the biggest influence around the protagonist was Kill Bill and their daughter's blue eyes. That's what the creator said. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can definitely um, see the Kill Bill thing. Um, imagine your daughter's blue eyes being kind of the, ho- the whole premise of a show. <laughs> um, like this as well. <laughs> do you, like so, this violent. Did you... Um, I mean, I recognised straight away that it was a girl, right? Did, is, is that, yeah. Was that obvious? It wasn't... Yeah. Because there was a reveal at the... When, when she got into the hot springs... Um, oh no no no! You know you know but, before. But, you know, you know you're before. supposed to know. Yeah, you? you know well before. Um, is so what's what's the deal around no one else in Japan knowing that it was a woman? Because women aren't samurai. And and is, do you think that's what it was? Do you, it's, well, she, a woman could not possibly do what this person's doing. So therefore, it is a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's true. Um, I mean. There's a kind of like historical inaccuracy around the whole samurai concept, isn't there? Like it's this was uh, the samurai through a Western gaze. Like it's not. I don't think that's what it was like. I don't know. I'm no, I'm no historian, but I'm pretty sure like a samurai had to serve a lord, had to serve like a daimyo, like a like a knight. Mm. Um, you can't just declare yourself one or whatever. Like it, it's a role in society. Mm. It's not somebody that uses a sword. Yeah. I think carrying a sword was a mark of it, but but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, feminism, I suppose, is a kind of pretty prevalent theme throughout this. Um, and I think Mizu is, like, the one character who... Well, I think part of her power is that she has to pretend... or well, she is a man. She pretends yeah. she's male. Everybody believes her to be male, so she can do the things that she's doing. Yeah, There's a lot of conversations between Mizu and other characters. And Akemi's whole arc is around empowerment isn't it like yeah. sort of learning to handle like the role or the the limited options that a woman in that society has mm. and how to kind of like manipulate that and use that to her advantage which are kind of it, I guess in a way is like what Mizu's doing mm. yeah I thought that was cool like this that theme was obviously very strong and very well explored probably um, similar criticism to something you know I always have this criticism was the ending rushed again? Nah. When I have massive criticism. When, when Abijah's breaking her back and then <laughs> seemingly he says something that goes too far and she just breaks out of it and basically ends him and captures him. Like, th- there's that, you know, there's that ominous ending. Oh, yeah, can't you? Where, like, the town's burning, it all, all looks lost, he's breaking her back. And then I guess she knees him in the balls and knees him in the face a number of times, <laughs> drops him, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of know what you mean. Like, it's quite a big build-up and there's not really like a satisfactory like conclusion to that. It just kind of I, cuts and then she's on a boat. I, I could be... Con- I could No, I could be convinced that that's how it would end. But the way... the You know, you've got seven and a half episodes of real, you know, struggle and and difficulty getting to that spot and then you, your back breaks and I just don't feel like you could move that well after your back you know the, yeah, well, I'd, yeah. there were subtitles when I was watching it and it said bones breaking and I just don't think you can move the way she moved <laughs> after her bones broke I feel like this is a different criticism now <laughs> like, like a minor niggle that I had I don't know if this is typical of this genre or whatever 
I don't, um, is that like there wasn't really a fight scene or a scene you know because obviously the majority of this is like violence um, where Mizu doesn't get stabbed <laughs> yeah and it's like how do you keep walking this off yeah. like at this point like how's your how are you how's your body coping it's banana <laughs> from John Wick like, yes literally yeah. yeah like it's that kind of vibe like every every scene it's like she 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 takes this kind of life-threatening injury like it's nothing yeah and 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 on the other hand if she stabs someone else once they're down and yeah, that's it yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I, I guess this has always been the the the, the thing with this genre is there's that the fact the fact that you need to suspend your disbelief yeah because this character is just going through this journey and you're just going with them yeah and don't worry if they get too if they get really badly hurt because they'll be fine and yeah, we're just yeah, going to yeah. keep you going with the story kill off the protagonist because um, this person's a legend yeah um, uh, yeah and I think that's the only part even even when she was getting st- I mean when she got the um, the claw into her into her side mm. and w- and then basically had a flashback of how she dealt with that before <laughs> 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 and then was just fine after that um, that, that was the first time where I was like mm, okay. it's like an injury like that would take potentially years uh-huh. to recover from uh-huh. and she's like fighting again the next week yeah um, the, there's yeah so there's definitely times where you have to suspend your disbelief um, did it take away too much from the show well, the thing is it's not like okay you've got to suspend your disbelief but there's like a comic book vibe to it isn't it yeah. like Spider-Man's never going to get like you know injured to the point of dying or never yeah. being able to web swing again like because that would kill the entire you know yeah but um I don't feel like she needed to get stabbed or mm. take a, you know like an arrow through the shoulder she doesn't take an arrow but like it's a dagger and from Elijah Fowler I mean that gets completely it, it actually it actually would make it more impactful if she didn't get touched all the way through yeah 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 and then did once and then, and yeah, then did yeah, once yeah, 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 and you're yeah. like oh okay yeah um, because I think the, you know the intended goal was to was to make her really hardy because Hardy. She, I, I think I think that's the phrase for getting stabbed loads and and, and getting and getting over it. Like you know, the, I think the getting stabbed loads is yeah. Look how tough this woman is. Yeah. But actually, how more impactful would it be for her to actually be displayed as this unbelievable samurai and get caught out once, yeah. and then you think, oh, is this actually going to work out? Mm. Um, that was the other thing for me though that that like. Had you know suspending your disbelief was difficult with, <laughs> and that was she became so she's living with you know like she's taken in by the sword maker yeah whose name I've gone, um, and she decides I have to become the greatest swordsman <laughs> that's like alive, mm-hmm. so I can get to these three incredibly protected or four protect, incredibly protected um, white men in Japan right and she achieves that goal by swinging a stick around outside mm. do you know what I mean yeah but your original point was the guy that mastered the samurai yeah in, in folklore yeah. did do that yeah fine but, <laughs> but his story is one of like gradual progression yeah. he doesn't okay fine I think he did start by like disappearing for seven years up a mountain on his own um, but then you know like his first fight was a disaster 
mm-hmm. like it, I think it, it was almost like a, a brawl where he beat someone to death with a stick there was no like skill involved or anything and he kind of gradually progressed you know like with each fight he got a little bit better until he became this kind of legend like in his old age mm-hmm. or whatever old age was for back then it was probably only in his 40s but like with Mizu you literally cut from her swinging a stick around as a kid you know she grows up kind of like you see her shadow or whatever you see her silhouette like getting older and then next thing you know she's in Kyoto taking on whole schools whole dojos yeah. and being like your technique is rubbish and it's like well, what the hell is yours and I think yeah. they made a point like where, did you, where, did you, where were you taught it's like well, she wasn't she swung a stick around outside yeah bit. yeah like what there's a disconnect there I feel like that's something that the, that the writers are going to go back to though right because you know what I am quite excited about is she keeps getting the maths wrong with how many Japanese uh, with how many uh, western men there are in Japan have you noticed that like but, it's, it's, it's not hidden uh, yeah she keeps going there, there are, are four of you where are the other two I, but I think she'd already killed one she's already killed yeah, one yeah. Violet so there's a there's a section of her history that we don't know. Yeah, there's yeah. a gap, and I'm I think that's going to be explored surely, yeah. in like the next season. And I'm really excited for that. I want to know who Violet is and what happens to her between. Do you think it'll be the next season? More the season after. I mean, how long is this going on for? Like, well, I think she's going to have to kill all four of them. Yeah, and we're going to have to see her kill all four. All of four them. of them. Yeah, but then I, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess. I want to see it go back to a period where it kind of explains what, how she's so talented yeah. or, or how she's so trained, I guess, how she's so practiced. Um, I don't like that this genre kind of has a tendency to make all the villains allies in the future. Like I kind of would have... So, right, I'll cut to the chase. My biggest criticism, this fell apart for me when Elijah Fowler you know dagger to his neck he goes I know a magic word and it's London and the next scene they're on a boat and they go into London mm-hmm. that has potentially killed it for me because yeah. you've left your story space I don't care about what happens to Mizu in London at all mm. you've opened up the entire globe now yeah. it's not fun anymore yeah. it's not a concise little story it's all over the place yeah. but you've made your story space way too big mm. Japan is enough yeah. you're bouncing around cities there's four guys you've got to hunt them down I want to see you hunt the other three down in Japan yeah yeah I want absolutely. to you know like that was cool yeah. the entire story space the entire vibe of it the anime kind of like flavour in it all of it is in Japan mm. it's Japanese it's you know like mm. that's what makes this that's what gives the show its identity I don't want to see a blue eyed samurai in, in, in the streets of 17th century London because what difference does that what, make what yeah. is that it's just kind of weird that's like there's something steampunky about it and that's a different genre that's a different vibe yeah like what what you know what how does the next season end like you get the guy in London and the next guy is like mm, oh. Paris <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what I mean like yeah. he's in New York like and or wherever whatever you know significant city from the period like now it's suddenly you yeah. where Joe yeah, Goldberg's yeah. bouncing between continents and cities like because it's the same show but in a different hat like, yeah. and that's what it, like stop doing that do you think you're, do you think you're maybe in the minority there because there's something in obviously you know you look at like stories like that and you just put pr- pr- putting protagonists in just completely different contexts is, has always been explored yeah 
yeah yeah yeah and I think that's a, a, a good way of like keeping story ideas fresh but having I've definitely talked about this before like having a, a story space that's too large loses control very quickly yeah and like it does it, it I mean for me it did it in a scene she's on a boat and well let's hope they're not going to London well they are though they have to be <laughs> but here's the biggest problem well I don't care where they're going they're leaving, I, they're leaving the island they're leaving Japan and they're leaving all the characters that we've just started to love mm. so now the next season we're almost definitely going to have a situation where you've got some, some scenes following Mizu and her captive Elijah Fowler in London and then we'll have of cuts back to follow Akemi Akemi and um, Taijan and Taijan and Ringo Ringo and the Swordmaster yeah do you know what I mean yeah yeah. so like and it, you know we've got the characters that we actually care about and we love and then we've got Mizu like off playing away games mm. and, it's got, and you know she's got to come back she has to but another I think another thing that's probably getting overlooked is that to sail from Japan to London in the 17th century probably took about six years or something <laughs> well maybe it's six years before the next series comes out on Netflix well yeah so a well written adult animated show such as this mm. first question is do you are you going to watch more adult animation as a result of how you felt about this one mm, yes Question two, do you think other people will? I don't know. I can't um, speak for And then people. the third question is, so if adult animation satisfies enough people... Don't say our actors are relevant. <laughs> where, what, what is then the impact of the strikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because if Netflix and Apple TV and mm. Amazon mm. now go, wow, a lot of people watched that, a lot of people enjoyed that, mm. let's keep feeding them this for a few years. Mm. And the, uh, does the need for your your you know your background actors does that that completely disappears then if people become satisfied enough if adult animation becomes the norm because you can tell massively out their stories because you you know you're drawing it on a on a canvas yeah i mean right so question one is there a risk no that's that's what no. i'm question at. question one um i i would think i'll try and give more adult cartoons a chance or like whatever um but i do think that this one was special uh i don't think this will get be re uh, recreated what i liked about this was how simple it was as I say, it's kind of been ruined with the whole shift to London right at the end. But I liked that it was kind of a small story space in that it was set on one island. It's not unlike Ghost of Tsushima. Mm -hmm. You know, like you play as a character who's hunting down people or whatever. Um, liberating, I guess. You recap, you recap areas from Mongolia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And it's like Japan. or It's it's, um, it's not Japan, is it? It's Tsushima. It's the island. Yeah. And you're, like, you're, you're confined to the island. That's the mm. point. The story space is simple, right? It's not this big, high fantasy epic that I think a lot of anime kind of leans towards or tries to be um, so I, I think this was special but it has maybe inspired me to give a few others a bit more of a chance maybe um, I can't speak for other people I don't know I think most people I think people that most people that will have watched this probably are like anime fans or have watched stuff mm. already I don't think many are like me and this is the first ever like adult cartoon they've enjoyed so I don't know um, I imagine that a lot of people would probably think this is rubbish probably think oh, nah, that's, that's nothing on whatever What's the Age of Titan or whatever that one is? 
yeah you know <laughs> trying to give examples of big anime and I don't know any um, and regarding the strikes no I don't think I don't think this has this like sort of presents any danger to acting and to sort of sag after it at all um, I don't I think they'll try though I think the studios could maybe, try but I don't, well the thing is right like animators voice actors writers they're still integral to this they're still incredibly mm. important but right. there's less needed there's there's fewer need that yeah I'll give you that like you don't need the background actors or whatever but you, you do need background voice actors but you don't need it like you know big t- uh, like lots of people to create a busy scene yeah. or whatever like I get that so yeah maybe it's like people maybe you know there's a push towards doing more animated shows to save money like I can see that but ultimately it's down to the viewing figures mm. and what are people actually watching more if this blew up and was like you know as big as Tiger King or whatever like there was an absolute sort of household phenomenon yeah. like Squid Game then I get it yeah then in that case I get that like it would pose a threat you know because suddenly you're going to get tons of copycat stuff I don't think you're really getting that with this um, I also think that that uh, live action quote unquote is pretty safe is pretty secure because it will never get displaced mm. it's like cartoon animation is one style of cinema acting is another yeah it's like it's a bit like saying oh theatre's in jeopardy because the, because the cinema exists it's not they're two different art forms like and if you want one you go to it mm. I don't think that this being popular poses any kind of danger or like it uh, indicates a movement towards the death of acting at mm. all I think that's a huge stretch I'm very cynical about corruption so uh, I would definitely would see an attempt come I mean we've we've had three of these shows in a week but I definitely take your point um, it can never actually replace live act- action but if I really fancy a binge I'll, I'll definitely take a few more of these because it was just so seamless that's it you know since you mentioned binge, right? <laughs> you know, you said you watched all of this in a day. Pretty much. I think I I was over two or three days, um, and it's made me realise something. Well, it's got me thinking, at least. How long do you think you should leave between an episode, between episodes of a TV series, to like enjoy it to its maximum potential? So, like, I don't know. Say you. Let's take this as an example. Blue Eye Samurai, how many episodes? Eight episodes? You've got eight episodes. Are you watching them all in a day? Or are you watching, I don't know, one a week? Because mm. when a Netflix series drops, you, de- you do tend to get one or two things, or a series on any uh, streaming platform drops. You either get it all drop at once, I think that's probably the most common, mm. like an entire series of sex education is released on Netflix on a certain day. Or you get like the iPlayer kind of approach which is it comes out weekly like Mm. Peaky Blinders did very rarely you get that one weird one in the middle like with you where they drop half a season and then like a week or two later they drop the second half where's your and Amazon have done three 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 as well yeah so you've got the staggered approach what what do you think the best one is like how would you want to watch it Um, I personally would love to go back to five ten years ago where, where you had to wait a week 
I I think we're it's, I think it's too far gone though. I think we're conditioned to um, have to you know we're conditioned now to want to watch multiple episodes yeah. of something at once. Um, but I I much prefer that I much prefer the weekly stuff because it allows you to watch other things as well. <laughs> now now I feel like I can't possibly watch more than one thing at once because it's like no get through this. And then we'll get through the next one because yeah. it's there and it's available. It's all it's all available now. Um, but I definitely loved the kind of looking forward to watching something. Yeah. And, and now I don't necessarily have that anymore. Um, and then you go through these lulls, like you know, even this week, like we didn't really have much option to review because there seems to be, you know, you watch. The three three weeks there's loads of things drop and mm. then there's a gap because you've watched mm. everything and but but then now the alternative to that is something that comes out weekly and because it comes out weekly you lose interest and you don't bother because you don't need to wait weekly anymore yeah so we're in a really tough spot i i actually like i i actually would take the staggered approach of two episodes a week or mm. or you know somewhere a middle ground not necessarily half at, half at one time and half at another but maybe like if you've got 12 season episodes like I'd probably take three three at a time mm. where where it's it's you're just just on the precipice of getting fatigued from watching too much but then you've you've seen a chunk and you're just waiting to next week to see the next chunk yeah what, what, what about you I mean I, I agree with you for the most part I would definitely like condition now aren't we like we're spoiled by Netflix just dropping an entire series and you get that immediate gratification of just binging it all I mean this is a perfect example for me like I watched one episode completely fell in love with it loved the story it all flowed so seamlessly I loved the art style as well didn't talk about that actually some of the camera work in this is crazy given that there's no camera it's yeah. an animated piece but like the focusing and refocusing of the lens yeah is super cool the like the 3d pans the like the the camera moving around a building and it's all animated like damn that was amazing like this was like watching kung fu panda levels yeah. of animation like but, but not a comedy i guess but um because of that and the story i was hooked very quickly and i wanted to binge it you know i just like I did probably I'm probably similar to you probably three episodes at a time three three one or something over two or three days um, and I got through it very quickly and thinking back to the other things that I've enjoyed this year like Yellow Jackets comes to mind I did the same thing I had a difficult time like trying to moderate it like I just sort of smashed it <laughs> I did it like the whole thing in two days and that was a much longer piece as well because I'm pretty sure that we did like one we did two seasons one and two yeah, yeah. like the problem with that for me is obviously you get the uh, immediate like gratification but you don't really get to savour it mm. like Blue Eye Samurai or uh, Yellow Jacket it's not a period of time this year for me it's like, it was like a day or two yeah. like it kind of like it's over and done like you get through it so quickly and then you almost forget about it later on Yeah, and I don't like that I want to spend more time on it but equally I think one episode a week there's way too much of a gap mm. because you get to the end of that episode there's the cliffhanger there's you know like the the anti-satisfaction and you're sitting there like oh I want to watch the next one but it's a whole week and five days pass and I stop caring yeah like I'm still looking forward to it but you sort of have to warm yourself back up mm. the night that it actually drops yeah 
Um, so I think a week is too long. I think the perfect, the perfect balance is like one episode a day. And what that comes down to, unfortunately, is continuing like full season drops, but just having the self control to watch one, yeah. <laughs> watch one. And obviously, with a busy schedule, like coming home after work or whatever, doing whatever else you're doing in your day, I think most viewers will be able to do that because it's like you've actually got limited time and yeah. you have to choose what you're gonna like spend it on. Um, so I think some having something like Blue Eyes Samurai or Yellow Jackets that I really really enjoyed and got invested in, looking forward to getting home or whatever and and watching it spending time in that world like that's cool that's mm. the escapism that's the, the the story the spending time in that story space yeah. um it's funny also what you said about uh wanting to watch more than one thing at the same time because you never do that with a book mm. i mean maybe you would maybe you're the type of person that reads more than one book at the same time but like you know if you I'd never read a chapter of a book put it down and then the next day read a chapter of a different book yeah. not with fiction that's weird Yeah, you kind of want to get it becomes part of your life during yeah, that yeah. time like you know you remember what you did in November because you were reading this book or you were watching this and that's yeah. kind of like it affects where you are mentally or it does with me anyway mm. like I so I, I, I think it was more I, I think you know, back, what what you could what you used to be able to do, right, is on a Monday you watched this, on a Tuesday you watched yeah. that, on a Wednesday, and and you had that routine of okay, this is what I watch today, um, and there was those risks of like forgetting, um, forgetting what happened last week because you filled the rest of the week with six other stories, <laughs> but um, I I probably and I, and I probably would look back and not want that again. Mm. But but these were also like genre changes as well, so it wasn't like you were yeah. getting confused with stories that were similar. You know, you're watching a thriller on a Monday, a comedy on a Tuesday. You know, you're mm. you're on BBC One thriller on Sunday night. You're on comedy on BBC Three on the Tuesday and stuff like that. So there was always yeah, it's, genre it's changes. Not, it's not even stuff, always so. like a story. You know, it's not even always fiction or yeah, a story, yeah. is it? Like, um, I guess. So for so, a TV viewer. I definitely and to be fair I definitely don't really practice I mean what I would what I tend to do now is you, you know you have one series that you watch and then you have something that's light that you rewatch, like Peep Show or something like that so it, it, I definitely wouldn't go back to like having six or seven store, you know series on the go because you have to wait a week for the next thing yeah but no I agree I, I you know I, or maybe an episode every three days could maybe work for, for mm. me um but definitely, I actually got a notification from Apple TV today saying um, series three of oh, it's the thing with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and, um, about the news the news cast newsroom or something. Oh like yeah, yeah. No, um, it was like yeah. series three binge now. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's not all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. No, but like I've never had a notification of a streaming service telling me to binge something. <laughs> Like that but that's is, what you want to do like is you know just play to the audience like everybody knows that everybody's binging everything yeah like, the thought but of, it like, doesn't mean we should it doesn't well it doesn't yeah but the, what's actually that unhealthy about it like I get it like do you know what I mean but if you would say if I was to say to you like yeah I've just bought this book I'm going to read it today and I'm going to like do the vast majority here we go the morning show binge now stream every shocking episode on Apple TV plus yeah never had a notification telling me to binge yeah, but you know, as I say, if I was to say, yeah, look, I'm going to read this book over the next couple of days, and that's what's going to be my focus of my time, 
outside of whatever else I'm doing you'd be like alright do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like you'd be like, mate, that's kind of unhealthy. Like, I get it. Like, <laughs> like, you know, obviously it's not conducive to a healthy lifestyle if all you're doing is, is like reading or watching this TV show or whatever. Like, and I definitely, that's not what I'm championing here. So I'm not trying to say that people should be doing that. But for me, if I'm watching Game of Thrones, for example, I want to be fully invested in Game of Thrones. Yeah. I want to be doing that. Like, and that's like, what, you know, and I want to be fully invested in the stories that I'm spending time on, yeah. spending time with. So an hour a day, whatever watching Blue Eye Samurai like I'm not thinking of any other story or any other characters or any other story space like whether it's Game of Thrones Peaky Blinders whatever kind of genre a horror a comedy like I want to be thinking of that do you know what, do you yeah. know what I mean I want, like like the book that I'm yeah, reading yeah. it's the story as a companion to your life yeah that, that's how it is for me and I think the most conducive way of, or, of achieving that is one day is one day <laughs>